0: Have that one song, that one album, one artist that is our absolute go-to, be it what you're listening to when you're happy, what you go to when you're sad, when you're up, when you're down, when you need that little bit of motivation to just get you through the end of the day, that song that you listen to to keep you grinding when you're running out of energy, when you're in that dark place and you need something to get you back out into the light, maybe even that song or that album, or even that artist that changed the entire direction of your life. This is the music that saved me. Well, welcome to another episode of the music that saved me back from a little bit of a spring break. Um, And this is going to be fun. This is going to kick off. We'll call it the network sessions, the network interviews. I like the network interviews. We're going to go with that. So this is going to be the kickoff of the network interviews here on The Music That Saved Me. Um, And I am starting off, uh, do we go full government? Well, you know what? This is Jared, obviously, uh, your host with a fuzzy on my shirt. Um, So I am going to kick it over to my guest and let him tell us all about himself. So tell us your name and uh, a little bit about yourself, such as, I don't know, Occupation, if that plays into the story
1: of course uh, my name is daniel robert Haas. wow super uh, official yes uh dr haas for short dan haas for I usual and dr haas for my friends here at the fourth Wall thought network that's who i am uh good to be on man this is really uh, a lot of fun and this is a really it's something i've wanted to do with you for a while so i'm happy mm-hmm. we're finally getting going with this and um you know when you put out the 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 feeler in the group chat i was just like man this, this would be a great thing we do i have a lot of music right now it's in my life especially in the past year as you know after our smoke mm-hmm. jays i'm going through divorce and and new love and you know a lot of big life changes are about to come my way because of all this um And, you know, there's, and music's always involved. And obviously, like, I'm one of the musicians of the group, you know, besides, you know, myself, uh, John, uh, Bones, um, Matt. Matt, I know Matt doesn't really play much anymore, but he's a musician, too. He went to music school, so he he plays, too. There's a lot of us. Jared's a musician. He knows what's going on, dude. Like, you guys all know. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, let me start by saying... For the past four years, I've been in the schools teaching kids. I've been charter school. I've been in two different charter schools over the past four years. Okay, love my students. There's so much fun working with them. Um, I'm working with a lot of. I've been working with a lot of kids from, uh, from called underprivileged communities. Um, you know, um, my current situation. work with a lot of uh, not Latino Americans, particularly Mexican Americans, and uh, in the town I grew up in, Lakewood. Okay. And uh, it's been, it's been, it's been great getting to know them and like having that connection with them, you know, and having that and, and teaching them about music, how to just appreciate music. Like, these kids never had music before I started there two years ago. Now they've had music and they can appreciate it. How was an orchestra. They're learning how to play instruments. It's really cool to get all that. And when I was in Asbury Park, it was the same way, you know, I was at a, I was at a school where we kind of just, we were kind of part-time music teachers but we were given the kids an experience they wouldn't otherwise have not had, you know, and that's always been important for me for teaching. But as of recent, you know, I've been doing a lot of soul searching. And for those of you that don't know, before I was teaching, I, you know, I taught private lessons, but I also toured for a good couple of years pretty extensively with Stolen Roots. And I really like went for it as a just plain musician, you know, mm-hmm. and, we had, some, we had some good success stories, some good regional success. We actually are playing a show in November uh, with each other. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and that's a project in my life that definitely saved me. Like, talking about music saving me. You know, back in 2008, Stolen Roads definitely saved me. So let's let's take it right back to there, because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, you know, I started that band with a good friend, Matt Pillion, and our good friend, John Grill, mm-hmm. back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And by you know, about maybe six, six, six months to a year in, we added um, another Berkeley uh, graduate guy. We met a Berkeley named Kevin Cunningham. Um, all of these people are still very near and dear to me and very close to me. And, and we speak regularly still. We have a lot of love for each other still. It's very much a brotherhood. And uh, you know, once that started and once Kevin came in, Kevin is also like really smart with like business and stuff like that.
0: So he, mm, he, he was like, he became
1: have. our kind of like our, our brain. Yep. <laughs> For lack yep. of a better term. He also read me. Kevin Rice, is a great songwriter, too. But he was definitely oh. like our, okay. our brain at that point. But when he came in, it added like the last element that Stolen Road was missing in like you know, when we first formed. And okay. like there was a moment sometime in like, I want to say like 2009, where the four of us were all jamming it. Sweet Music Academy in Howell, which is where I used to, girl and I used to work, and yeah, we're playing a song, and it's this song. It's on our first album. It's called Idle Ways. Uh, The album's on Spotify right now, and I'm not sure why. I think it's because I think it's because Kevin doesn't like the way it sounds. Um, I think it's part of our story, so I don't know if we'll ever change that a lot. Maybe we should. I think I I really want to remix that album and remaster that album. Okay, I think if we remix it and remaster it, it'll get the, cause I think there's some good songs in there that just aren't being thrown out there right now to the public for here. But beyond a point, we're sitting there, we're playing this song idle ways. We get into this bridge, I think I wrote the bridge for the song too. So it was one of Matt's songs and you know, we kind of were putting it together, making it our own. And like we were playing these chords, it's the bridge of the song. We were really hitting these chords. Uh, I wish I could pull it up for you, but like I said, it's not on Spotify right now. I don't have the CD hand, handy. Um, and we're we're hitting it, and we're just grooving really hard, the four of us. And in that moment, I felt like I could have been on any stage in the world. I could have been at Madison Square Garden. I could have been at the Stone Pony. I could have been in someone's backyard. I could have been at fucking Wembley. Okay? That's awesome. Like I could have been, and and that was the first time I'd ever felt that in my life, and that's when I knew I had to put 100% into this. Yeah, I was like, this is what I have to do. This is what I was meant to do. This is what I am going to do so that's 2009 um I went hard on that you know we, we went really hard especially starting you know we went through a ton of drummers Grohl didn't stay with us much longer after that he wanted to uh he wanted to stay home focus more on what he's doing now which is teaching so hmm. respect you know and also he's talked about you know he's talked about his his anxieties before so you know it's tough being on the road you know it's it's a
0: non-guaranteed
1: yes, life you know
0: no, not at all so yeah you
1: know, we definitely so he he was out where our next drummer after him was the same uh story like he came in uh dude ian he came fresh out of the marines and just he needed a break from rigid schedule life because he hmm. just got out of the marines. he was like i feel like he told us like i feel like with the, how tough our schedules or rehearsals and and shows everything. It feels like I'm still in the core, and I just can't do that for a bit. I was like, Oof. "Respect, dude. Whatever you want to do." Yep. So can't, can't the next guy we had better. is JT. JT did that album I just spoke of. I'd always was called "Falling Off the Edge." Um, JT, great dude. Just we weren't the right creative fit for each other. The whole band, you know, we tried to get an album out of it. And it just wasn't. You know, it, we have a good album. There's good songs on there. We just weren't on the same page, and we knew it. It was it was a pretty much a mutual party of ways you know, for the right. most part. Um, there, there were some nasty words at the times, but that happens, you know, you're kind of working mm-hmm. with each other's creativity involved, there's passion involved. You're going to say some, some things, but you know, so we made him out and then we got Eric finally. Eric was Eric's guy. who's was our, he's like the drummer of, I guess, the classic lineup of the band. And gotcha. uh, he's, he's who we were able to hit the road with finally, like 2011, 2012. I think the first time we went on a proper run was right after Sandy. We went down Ooh. South. Because we were uh I remember going south, we were picking up like donated foods for like uh for uh for people for like for like relief funds and stuff. That's so like awesome. the, the band in Raleigh we played that like gave us a bunch of stuff. That was pretty cool. So yeah, we enjoyed that. Yeah, and we brought it to I brought it to like a food bank somewhere in Jersey. Uh, that's, from and America there was yeah, there yeah. was a
0: lot of that going on. So. That
1: shit was crazy, man. We played in like a freaking Tom or Reese uh High school East Auditorium. Like we just came and played some songs just to try to give you a bunch of local bands that we did. These dudes, Accidental Seabirds, great dudes also were there. Um, other like another Lakewood guy on uh, guy from Axel Seabirds, Jesse Herdman. And uh, so yeah, so we we did all that and we played for years by 2016 though, know, we did a lot of touring. I did some cruises, I've played with every fucking I've opened up for every fucking Southern Rock band you can think of. Okay, it's impossible for you to think of a Southern Rock band that I haven't been on the same concert in the last impossible okay I'm saying right now it was fucking great we met all these great people uh, great people on the road great music fans like being in that group and especially going down south and playing because down south man they appreciate music
0: like, yes they do
1: you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, there's, there's a lot. I know there's a lot of people in this world like talk shit about the south man but there's a lot of really fucking nice people down there and they value music down there Yep. like they—they they really do make music like a part of their culture down there. Whether it's like, like Appalachian music, what? Yeah, yeah, and they—they've got visit. We were down there. We were just Heather and I were just down there over the weekend in Asheville. And Asheville is a is is a uh, beautiful, beautiful city in Western North yeah. Carolina. But the whole way down, through the whole I eighty one corridor, Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, wherever we were, there was not one rude person. Nope. Everybody was polite Everybody like I went to the store I had to buy a bunch of things dude Jared Holy shit man food prices (laughs) So dude I went to I went to this grocery store I gotta tell you this because this is is a good New Jersey story Quick segue Mm. um, There was a woman in front of me She must have got like Six like thick cut like Steaks Mm. Big giant rack of ribs Like two big giant things Of chicken wings Whole bunch of other random groceries, ninety nine fucking dollars.
0: Get out of here!
1: Ninety nine. <laughs> the cashier said ninety nine dollars. Get out to turn around and walk away. I was like, "What the fuck are you serious?" That would have cost like three hundred dollars. Easy
0: home. and easy.
1: She, and she was getting like the cheapest meat that you could get, but they were thick, nice cuts like that. You know? Oh, yeah. So, but stick like, cut
0: oh, stuff is gosh, she just
1: got all that food for ninety nine fucking dollars? Yeah. So anyway, um down south, south they love music, man. They really do. And like bands get paid better. Like in the Northeast, when you're a band, like there's a lot of markets. Mm-hmm. But like people are way more uppity up here, man. And people are way more like they're they're a little yes. more snobbish up here. Now Ooh, I, I know man. I'm from I know I'm from New Jersey. I know I'm from the north, but like there's definitely <laughs> a snobbish oh, arrogance no with with music fans around here. Whereas in the south, man, everybody just fucking listens to everything. I heard people blasting metal. I heard people blasting hip hop. I heard people blasting rock. Uh, people from all different backgrounds listen to all different types of music. Like it was, it's a really cool. I was in a drum circle in the middle of downtown Asheville. They do one every Friday night. It's pretty awesome. Um, I have to post them. I think I posted
0: some video on my Instagram. Yes, uh, I, I gotta. I gotta get down south.
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, we were down there. We hit it really hard. We did some really cool stuff. We got out west a little bit too. And in 2016. Um, I got engaged to uh my now ex-wife and you know, I came up and I kind of like settled down a bit and I was like, all right, I'm 30, what's it 26? I'm 31 years old, I'm about to get married, I gotta kind of prove I can like I don't wanna say be an adult, but prove I can make money playing doing music somehow. So I got mm-hmm. way more into education. So I was wanna make more money and be able to live on my own, which I did. My, my own married, you know, I did that, you know. I was, you know, you know, I was married and I was, we, we were together until we separated in 2022 so the last year. And since then, you know, I've fallen in love again, you know, um, I have, and I've also like kind of fallen in love with music again. And I've played with girls band pretty extensively in the past year, but I shouldn't yep. say girls band, my band with grill will be fine. Um, and playing with them's awesome because they're playing the, you, they play, we play the music that like got me into being a good bass player. Motown, R&B, good fucking rock songs, you know, um, like Motown. You want to talk about a type of music that saved me, dude? Motown.
0: Well, hold, hold some of that because we're going to loop back around to that. Cause I have okay. some of my pre-can questions.
1: Oh, okay. You have to uh, okay.
0: Oh, I, oh, let me I finish wanna... my
1: stolen road story and I'll get back. Oh, yeah. yeah I'll let you get right into that. But oh, and I'll yeah. wrap it up quick because I know I'm kind of going on a little tangent here. No, I love it. Um, I'm not, I don't want to. So it's nice, it's nice to get this field. out lately. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over, you, but it's just been very nice to get this out lately because I've been more comfortable talking about it since leaving the band in 2016. So it was really okay. fucking hard. It was like ending a relationship, you know? I felt heartbroken. I felt like I failed. So recently, what I just, when I decided I was just like, as much as I love teaching, this is rewarding. It's not what I'm meant to do. And I'm on stage, even when I'm on stage, just playing at a bar, you know, playing cover songs. I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. And I need to do this all the time. So that's what I'm hmm. doing. I'm out. I'm leave- and I also am just kind of disgusted by the teaching industry and how political it is. I'd rather, I'd rather teach myself and just teach kids music and life that's lessons uh, on my own.
0: You that's, know. Uh, that's an interesting, we, we might have to have a, a Jay's episode on that. Okay. and get some more teachers on because uh, my wife is a special ed teacher and she shares a similar sentiment, we'll put it that yeah,
1: way. Yeah, it's, it's disgustingly political and I think I can make a better difference
0: with kids if I'm working with kids outside of the school. It is not what it used to be. Not when we were in it, school. It's Tell becoming right something now. completely different and not in a good way. Well, there's a Jay's episode going on in there,
1: and I'm probably gonna with the return to playing more. I'm probably gonna start podcasting more again. Okay. A lot of my podcasting, like step away, was because of my job. I was getting up early in the morning. You guys have record, like record late at night. I'm like, I can't consistently do this. I saw my own rehearsals. I was still playing with Rachel, Rachel Dobkin, who's I give you know I I really now I'm like you know we're really going we're gonna really start going for it now with being you know with our band you know because that's what I play with now full time and. No, she's kind of like playing with her. Kind of kept the flame going with me for a while. Okay, you know, I was like, okay, the flame's still in here. You just have to kind of really ignite it. I feel ignited. You, I sat down, I wrote some music tonight. I wrote some like legitimately music. I am proud of tonight. I haven't there done that go. in a while, man. Like I am fucking like I am really fucking feeling like good, and I feel like I am back to what who I am and who I am meant to be. Because that's what music is to me. It is everything. Warren Haynes, man, I saw an interview with him once. Um, you familiar with Warren Haynes? Government Mule jared
0: i definitely i know the name and now yeah, so you're they're like a government mule you're okay. like
1: a southerny jammy band okay know, bluesy jammy band warren haynes considered one of one of the best guitarists like out there he was also the allman brothers guitarist since like the early 90s I'm sure you've heard go. of them yeah okay he, he yeah so he took he so he kind of took over like the dicky betts role in the band well i should say that he has his own role in the band that's not right that's unfair to
0: warren warren's his own man he's his own player. he's one of the best he filled players out in, there, but. filled in the gap left behind by dickie bets
1: yeah when dickie like he played with dickie for a band and Dicky left the band i think he's like the only living member left he's just not in the band anymore Jesus. but yeah he's his own he made it his own thing and it really sounded great but he said once in an interview you're gonna do music you just have to give it your all you have no chance yeah i was like shit man he's right and Heather told me the same thing. She's on where she's like, This is what you were meant to do. You gotta go for it. We're gonna figure it out. Like, damn right we are. Let's go. So I'm on undoing that and trying to get just more back into the entertainment end of it. I think it was what I was more and I was meant to do. I felt constrained without it. I felt a little lost without it. And now I don't think. That's what music is to me, man.
0: Once you have that calling and once you have that niche, you gotta got to hit it hundred percent. Yep. Absolutely. So we will, uh, we'll definitely be circling back to we'll be fine too. Okay. So Godfrey, now,
1: steer. I gave you my right. narrative.
0: So we, we covered the first question. So your first vivid, me- Oh, and I preface a lot. So I will warn you right now. A lot of questions get prefaced, but first vivid memory of a song artist or album that song artist, or album where, as a kid, as a, whatever you're walking through and it actually stopped you in your tracks and kind of made you say, Whoa, what's, what's that? I need, I need more of that.
1: First time where I need more of that. Okay. So that's like a thing. It's not like the first time I remember hearing a song. I like the first time I remember hearing a song or an artist where I was like, that's what I need to be doing. Okay, the answer to that question is the Rolling
0: Stones. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm not. Are you not a Stones fan? I am not a Stones fan. Now, are you
1: a Beatles guy? Are you like your Beatles fan? Are you just not a fan of that English classic rock thing in general?
0: I I don't mind the Beatles. I won't go out of my way to listen to them, but I like the Beatles. Um, But I just, something about the Stones just doesn't do it for for me. me, but for you, th- this is about you, not about me.
1: Of course. No, everybody's in the right field And like I said, you know, there's people who didn't like Michael Jackson. And meanwhile, Charles Manson was a Beatles fan. You know, you can't pick who's a fan of your music and you can't, you know, and you can't expect everybody to like own the, the same band. Like there's not one artist in the world where everybody universally likes it. It doesn't exist. It's no. Just it, and, it, and it never will exist. It can't. It's, impossible
0: <laughs> yeah it just just the sheer variety of what's out there and yeah. what has been in the past agreed 100 yeah
1: so the stones jay so my parents my both my mom my dad and my stepdad were all into stones, especially tight my stepdad he freaking he was a Stones fanatic loved him he was like in a fan club back in like the 70s and 80s Always like <laughs> pictures of mick jagger and shit and, you know keith richards and Ronnie wood and all that so i remember watching like you know he would like watch you know He'd record some of the concerts. He'd watch them on TV, you know, or see the music videos. I remember one time, though, it was probably, like, it was 1989. It was December. I had just turned five years old, okay? And I remember that the Rolling Stones did, like, a, a pay-per-view concert special. And it kept, took place in Atlantic City. It was, like, December of 89. Oh, if I remember God. correctly, like, they had a party. like And Tyke had just met my mom, like... Months before this, okay, oh, it was wow. probably only like probably the third or fourth time I probably ever even seen Tyke,
0: okay.
1: Hmm. And he we, we at this concert, and they had friends over watching the show, and I was able to stay up and watch it for the weekend. They said let my mom let me stay up a little later because I kind of was like watching. it was kind of like get, like I'd heard Satisfaction. I saw a video for Satisfaction,
0: right? And
1: I thought it was cool. And in the video Keith Richards like takes his guitar off and like tries to like bash a fan that tries to rush the stage like right in the middle, it was like bam, Jeez. bam, bam.
0: <laughs>
1: right I was like, hey, he's got the badasses, you know? He's got to freaking play kick-ass songs. They look, they look cool. They're bashing people with guitars and getting away with it. So I'm just like, this is cool. So then I watched a concert and I'm like, I'm just I'm watching like Mick Jagger move around on stage and just like love what you do his data. Whether you like the stones or not, dude, that dude mm-hmm. is a boss of a frontman. Okay. So let's just talk about talent yeah. and talk about like what's what. Nobody has ever really him and like Tina Turner are probably the two greatest front people in the history of rock and roll music. Like him, and, and like Mick is, and Mick is unbelievable. Still, he's like seventy nine, and he's a he's a fucking freak, dude. Like, meanwhile, yeah, like Keith Richards looks like he could die any day, but Mick Jagger looks like he's freaking sixty. Like they're, yeah. there they're like you know, but they're both still kicking it. And I and then as I got older, I realized like how. Cool, Keith was too. I realized like a lot of their jankiness and the swagger in the music was more from Keith than it was from Mick. But in that moment, watching Mick run around on stage, you know he's entertaining the crowd. He's like making out with his like a cute background singer. He's like doing all these like awesome things. And I know I know some of these songs because I listened to a radio before. Mm-hmm. And I remember watch. I'm like, yeah, that looks really like cool. This looks awesome. Like I feel like. I could do nothing. and, I, and I, I remember running around and jumping on the couch like I'm pretending to be them on stage. I'm I'm young; I'm five years old, you know. Right. So it's it's like watching a kindergartner have fun, you know. And you know, kindergartners aren't having fun. I must have been adorable. Grew- I must either have been adorable or a terror or a little bit of both.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it it treads that thin line yeah. between the two. Yep.
1: But it it grew from there, and then by the five years go by, by the time I'm ten. I'm even more into the Stones, right? Now I'm okay. starting to get into Zeppelin. I hear Zeppelin the first time. I was like, oh, well, this okay. is really fucking cool. Like, this is like what I was listening to, but like really spruced up. Um, yeah, and they were like rocking, they were heavy. Like Jimmy Page is this bitching, wailing guitar player. And as I get older and I start realizing how good John Paul Jones is, or how Jason might not become a bass player. And I really realized how good John Paul Jones is. So I kind of started on guitar. Guitar was the first thing that drifted brought me into music. Okay. You now, and, uh, it was around that time that, and it was the Stones and probably Led Zeppelin. I would say those two bands. That was my first concert. Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, but they were the first cool. two bands. I well, when I saw Page and Plant. I just thought, like, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, look at these dudes on stage. My first concert. Ready for this, dude? I'm tell me, tell me, I'm not a rock musician, okay? Just <laughs> right, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, 1995. Awesome. My first concert. My next concert is Aerosmith, with um. You remember, remember the blues guitar kid Johnny Lang from like the mid '90s. Yes, yep. yeah, he was like 16 then. So I'm like, not only am I watching Aerosmith, I'm seeing this this kid who's like three, four, five years older than me just ripping on stage on guitar. And At this point, yep. I'm pretty heavy into playing guitar. You know, I'm pretty okay. much into it. Um, or maybe I, I was getting back into it around that time. And then my next two concerts were the Stones op- with Blues Traveler opening, and oh. then the Stones with the Foo Fighters opening oh. right after the color and the shape dropped. Ooh. Yeah, dude.
0: That was that's shock. the first
1: time I saw the Foo Fighters. It was opening up and I made sure like my stepdad, Mr. Tike, he got the tickets. I was like, I want to get there early. I want to see the opener. It's this newer band. I really like. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, it hey, was like all these old heads. And I just
0: like, well, I'm just like, like, and that first, that first Foo Fighters album was wild. Yeah.
1: So, and, like, Everlaw was, like, the biggest salt in, like, the modern rock radio at the time, and it was mm-hmm. just such a cool freaking moment, and the Stones came out and just fucking crushed it, they sounded so good, and uh, they, it was, that. that's always been the band, that like, even when I need, like, a reboot, I'll just get some raw rock in my, in my blood, like, I put on fucking Exile on Main Street, like, if there was an, if I, an alien came to Earth and asked me to explain rock and roll, I would hand them like, you know, I'd hand them like, a beer, uh, a joint and exile on, yes. and exile on vinyl and tell them come back and find me in like an hour and a half. And know where you'll know what
0: rock and roll is. Get it. <laughs> Simple you hundred percent. Get it. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, you kind of, you kind of answered the question, but I'm just curious to see if there's any others that fall into it. What is your go-to song or album? So no matter whether you are, flying high or well literally or metaphorically or if you are uh like in a deep pit do you have a single go-to song or album
1: you're asking me to put feelings to this do oh, right yeah. i have to ask you before you answer this and i'm gonna well answer this thoroughly but i want to talk you. you ever watch the league when I was on remember
0: the league the fantasy football show I, I remember it, but I never actually watched it.
1: No, no, no. I met the Eskiz before, and I'm looking at it right now. And I'm and I'm a little I'm a little buzzed now, and I'm a little buzzed off. So sorry if I'm getting a little silly. All good. I, that's okay. We're doing that. I got this thing called Shiva Beer from uh, North Carolina. But the, okay. that was a trophy from the league. And he's, that's the only reason I bought this beer. But I figured you might have watched Jesus. it because I know you're a big football guy. Um, anyways.
0: Uh, anyway. One, one thing I didn't.
1: Let's talk about my favorite albums ever and why I go to So, Exile—that's what I need, and I just need that rock and roll reset.
0: Okay,
1: it's just you know they're fucking—they just plugging guitars into amps. Everything's raw. Mm -hmm. Fucking half of them are strung the fuck out on heroin. Like it's Mm -hmm. probably they're some basement in fucking France, like recording all this all fucking twisted out of their gorge. You know running hiding from the tax ban in england <laughs> oh, like shit. this is the most rock and roll fucking this album has to be great there's no way and you can never like they can never do that again no like if, if you did that again you'd probably kill yourself like it was yeah, like a no, yeah, once yeah, yeah. it's just a lightning in a bottle moment to recording that album If you ever get yourself a chance i know you're not a stones fan but just we try to learn about the recording of exile on main street and just think like i can't believe a band functioned enough to do this and not only do this but record what many people consider one of the greatest rock and roll albums ever
0: just um, because you asked i will i will tough it out
1: just really have to, you just just read about it you don't really have to do anything else. okay fine
0: yeah just to see how
1: mad how how mad those sessions were okay um but yeah that's like so like when it comes to like other things so albums that like an album that's really been inspiring me lately and can be added to this list is, um, is, uh, just basically it's Jason Isbell in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jason Isbell. He's like a Americana country folk guest sl- singer songwriter. Uh, he was in a band called the drive by truckers, in like the early two thousands for a bit. I, I have heard
0: of the drive by truckers.
1: Yeah. They're a cool band too. And, uh, He uh, he branched out on his own to do his own thing after a couple albums with them, and his own his stuff is just unbelievable. And it's like really, it's good music for like somebody like our age, dudes our age. Like he sings about things that we get, love lost, love gained, kids, the world, things he's seen, his views on them. But he's such a great songwriter. And like how he just comes up, he just, he just, he just shits out great songs all the time. <laughs> and some of his songs, he just uses lyrics so well, mm-hmm. like it's they're just it's beautiful. On his one album, Southeastern, there's a song called "Cover Me Up," probably one of the greatest love songs ever written. Here, wow. let me pull up some lyrics. I want to read it. Exactly. I don't want to fuck it up. That's a um, that's a very high bar. Lyrics like I'm talking like. A classic tune. So the chorus. So girl, leave your boots by the bed. We ain't leaving this room. So someone needs medical help or the Magnolia's blue It's cold in this house and I ain't going out to chop wood. So cover me up and know you're enough to use me for good. Now, backstory. Dude's like a recovering like like drug and alcoholic, you know. like he was like a disaster for a long time. And we wrote the song about his now, you know, his now wife.
0: Where's the chapter?
1: Oh, here it is. Who is his, his now wife? You know, like she's like, you know, she covers up his flaws and uses him for good. You know, he's got another song called If We Were Vampires. That's like this amazing love song that talks about like, you know, how if they never had to worry about dying, life was a joke, they could just sit on It's like, if you were vampires and life were a joke, you'd sit on the sidewalk and smoke because they know they have to worry about dying. So they just fucking smoke cigarettes all the time, you know? But then right. they also, and then the song also explores them. Do you take that love for granted though? You know, would you take it for granted knowing that it's going to be there every day? And then would the love not be as strong, you know? Fair point. And he says, one maybe we'll get 40 years together. One day I'll be gone. One day you'll be gone. Like, that sort of stuff, like, that's, like, been sticking in my head lately. And it's, like, Mm. getting my head to think more poetic lately. And when I need that, like, I go to someone like him, Jason Isbell. Um, He just is really great like that. Um, In the past, I used to go, like, Springsteen a lot for that. But not that I – I still love Bruce Springsteen. But, like, the stuff he's – the stuff he wrote in the 70s is my favorite stuff. That stuff's amazing music. Like, Born to Run made is just unfucking real and the yeah. fact he wrote those songs and he was like 24 25 years old it's like thunder road born to run jungle oh. land like, what the fuck yep. writes jungle land at 25 years old that's fucking unbelievable man but, but then speaks, he also writes like something with like the
0: experience of yeah of exactly. somebody who's not in his 20s
1: yeah right and he's it's it's funny how he just fucking nails all this stuff but that was him you read his biographies that was him growing up it was a freaking hard shot, like, he really freaking just hit the ground running, playing guitar and singing, and it was just a freaking rat race for him, you know, With and, you know, other, there's so many great songs on that one, 10th Avenue, Freeze Out, let's go, what a, what a jam, you know, and, like, that album was just, like, that's, like, an album to put on when I just need to have some fun, like, I just need to yeah. bop around a bit, not that every song is, like, a boppy song, I mean, the meeting across the river is, like, one of the saddest songs that dude ever wrote, you know, and, you know, but it's just a good up-tempo, gets you going, you know, and type of album. Um, kind of gives you energy. That's one of those albums you put on when, you know, you need to stay up late at night while driving.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and I mean, he just, he hit such a lottery with some of those people in the East Street Band, Clarence mm-hmm. Clemens, um, Max Weinberg. Dude, Roy uh, Bitten is a piano
1: player? Holy yeah. crap, that guy's an animal. Do you know he plays all the piano on the beatloaf albums? On which albums? You know Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell? Yes.
0: That's where you've been and Max Martin. Uh, that I did not know.
1: Yeah. Because wow. Bruce wasn't working at the time. He was in like a lawsuit or something. He was his old manager. So the band okay. wasn't touring. So they got work being Meatloaf's, like those two got work being Meatloaf's band. Yeah, right. I, who, I I, I,
0: yeah, that, that those recording sessions had to have been <sighs> shit.
1: Yeah, some of those meatloaf songs, man. They kick ass. I know people make fun of Loaf a lot, but dude, I love that. Was that I would do anything for loaf? that's all kicks ass. Everybody yep. who disagrees, fuck off. I don't care what anyone says. Love that song, man.
0: Oh paradise <laughs> by the dashboard life. How oh, many dude, weddings yeah. have you Great, been to? Cool. That Bad out of hell? Well yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude,
1: Bad Out of Hell's like a freaking like masterpiece, dude. It's amazing. Beautiful song. Um and another those- album. Another one of my cigarette back in my my I need to stay awake and drive home. Mm-hmm. So Stone Roses played a gig in West Virginia in like 20, I don't want to call it 2011, okay? And I had to gig that night in West Virginia, but the next night, I had tickets to see Yank, uh, Paul McCartney at Yankee Stadium. So Ooh. I left the band in Harrisonburg, Virginia. That's what they were saying. It was about a good five and a half, six hours. From home.
0: I was gonna say, After
1: hike. midnight, just started driving. It's like, I gotta get to that McCartney concert. I gotta leave now. So I'm driving, I'm hurting. I was like, all right, I'm going to pull over, I guess. Like Shenandoah National Park was nearby. And I was like, all right, I could probably just park my car in the National Park. Not realizing you needed to pay a fee to get on. It was back in the days before they took cards. Um, I just couldn't. I was like, all right, I'm going back. So, But by that point, I kind of woke it up again. So I bought a pack of cigarettes or another pack of cigarettes. I was a smoker at the time. Um, I got a big-ass day of coffee. I put on, I put on in my, i only had a CD player in the car at the time and I had Appetite for Destruction, dude. And I Ooh. put on Appetite for Destruction, just blasted it. It just blasted through like Virginia and Maryland and Delaware. And I was just pounding back coffee and chain smoking and pounding back and chain smoking. And, and, <clears throat> and I'm just like fucking, steed. I'm like, <laughs> I just listened to the album on repeat. So finally, I get to this rest area in Delaware, and it's like the third time I've stopped in like this drive because I keep stopping to get coffee, right? I go in, get another coffee, sit down. I just like stretch back in my car real quick, and then next thing I know, it's like three hours later. <laughs> I just fell asleep. My body just shut down and crashed. Oh, God, I Oh, like, Where the fuck am I right now? Like, I was like fucking tripping, dude. And oh. but like Appetite for Destruction was the perfect album. That album is like fucking like it's like it's musically describes cigarettes and whiskey. And it's appetite for yeah. destruction, you know? So that 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 album was always good for um things like that, Keep me pumped up. And that, also it's probably the greatest debut rock and roll album ever. Fucking just so many great songs in that album, dude. Paradise Absolutely. Fucking City. Um, it's so easy, you know. If you're looking for lyric value, Guns N' Roses may not be your the first band to go to, but if you're looking for bitching guitar riffs and badass guitar solos, it's like them some, and fucking uh, Van Halen. Let's go!
0: God, look at some of the just that track listing. Welcome to the Night jungle. Train, Mr. Brownstone. Night Train, Sweet Child, Rocket Night, Queen, Night, Paradise. Dude, Dude,
1: Rocket Queen. He's like check Queen. in the studio. Like, holy fucking shit, man! Like, <laughs> album Christ. is everything your parents didn't want you to fucking hear, and I heard Pretty it when bitch. I was like. Nine for the first time.
0: <laughs>
1: Sitting there in my room, I'm like I can't play it too fucking loud.
0: <laughs> so oh shit, shit! Mom's coming in. Yeah, I would. I <laughs> remember would. Remember the parental
1: advisory stickers? Oh yeah, dude. Did you ever, did you ever remember the ones we felt like to find them? Where you could actually scrape them off? Yep. And you could in take the them, beginning, before you you could peel them off before parents them off Yep. Yeah, you peel them off, and then you have to find the right cashier to make sure they're gonna be cool. They'd be like, "Come oh, on, dude, don't fucking bust me! Come on, man, don't bust me!" And they bring you up, but you're just like, "Yeah, that guy's awesome. He gets it. He's he's a rock and roll fan."
0: <laughs> and then you could, uh, if you wanted to be a rule follower, you could go to Walmart because Walmart sold all of the albums without the sticker on them.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: They were all all the edited versions were available at Walmart. Right, and it was like. Fine. I, I really want the album, but I just don't I made feel them like fighting once. with somebody.
1: I made the mistake on another Guns, Guns and Roses released a live album, live there. And I was so pumped because Guns had never released a live album. I mm-hmm. go to the store and I accidentally, I didn't know the Walmart, like, no cursing thing at the time. And I bought it at Walmart and I put it on. And it's like,
0: it's so easy. So easy. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why Which is he Carson? <laughs> Where'd all so the words like, go Son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: and I realized what I had done, so eventually I got the, the proper C date. Right. You know.
0: That was um yeah. ill communication. That was the one with sabotage, right?
1: Sabotage is a fucking jam, dude.
0: Ill, I think that was That's was ill communication. Ill commu- yeah, that's yeah, ill communication.
1: Say- the first one's licensed to, license to ill. That yeah. one's ill communication. So yeah, I bought that was ill communication. And Love I just remember that growing
0: up. dropped Love it that. in listening. And I'm like that because th- that's when they started doing the where they would like take the clip of the word and reverse it. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, "The fu- I thought the CD was scratched right out of the, the case. So I look at it and I'm like, nope, perfectly yes. brand new. Not again. Like, art. Oh, now they just whatever.
1: Yeah. And you know what? And I know some people hate it. I was like, "No, man. I would rather them not censor art. If you don't want yeah. your kid listening to something, pay attention to what the fuck your kids are doing."
0: Right. You know. Any others? Anything else that's like you're got to have it, got to listen, got to play it.
1: Um, yeah, you know what? Recent, okay? Okay. There is an album by a um by a singer named uh, Grace Potter. ever heard of her, okay? Uh, she's, she's a singer-songwriter. She's been around for a while now. course, great songs. I
0: had an one. album
1: called Daylight that came out in 2019. and basically like she kind of went through the same thing I did. like she was in a marriage, thought it was good, and then realized it wasn't really working out. and then like you know, also kind of you yeah, know met someone else too, started okay. kind of emotionally falling for them. You know, mm-hmm. and she wrote a whole album based on like that breakup, and the whole album. When I first listened to it, I was like, "Holy fuck, this is me!" Like, this is straight on me. Like, I, I, there's not many al- there's not many things I can say where I've ever met somebody I would like a songwriter to say, "Thank you so much for this." But that's something I've ever met her. I would say, "Thank you so much for that album," because like they helped me realize that what I was doing was okay, and that I was going mm-hmm. to be okay, and I was going to be happier, and I am. And you helped me get through that with that album. That's what I would tell everybody. Rachel's met her. The girl I play, uh, the girl I play with, when she was doing a, a tour at uh, this band, Low Cut Connie. She met her at a festival. She said she was really cool. So I was like, I hope we get to play her at the one day because I'm going to tell her how great that album is and thank you. Damn you it! You know, like when Heather and I get married, or wedding he's is going to be off that album. A song nice. called "Everyday Love," beautiful song, hmm. but it pretty much describes us like 100%. It's like she was in her. That's some crazy shit, yeah, man. Name, I love when love music can music do down. that to you, man. Not oh, often man. when you have that deep of a connection with an album. Yep. That album, I definitely have.
0: So let me ask you on the scale of all the music that's great and all the great jams, what's your, what is a closet song for you? So something that you kind of you put on when nobody's around to to hear you listening it listening to it which i know now we're going to put you on blast but
1: there's plenty of these because i i do love pop music oh boy yeah okay so there is plenty of this
0: oh you're a swifty Oh, you're a Swifty oh, why are you a Swifty mm. You're a Swifty
1: I mean, so I don't love every Taylor Swift song But I like a okay. lot of Taylor Swift songs <laughs> Taylor songs are really groovy, man She really does have some great pop salts, man. Um, Oh, other, I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure because I don't think it's guilty to like this person because she was so fucking good. Is that Whitney? Oh, you know it is. Jesus. You know it is. I hope this sounds good on the other side of this.
0: If not, I will will 100% add it in.
1: Yo, know, Whitney had like the best voice ever ever
0: it was so good. she, she was just, so talented she just couldn't pull it together.
1: I when my kids asked my students to ask me about her like you know why she died and I just I explained to her like you know she had a drug problem, and
0: you
1: know in her case, she didn't have a good support system because her husband was also a
0: drug addict. Uh, he was he and, was almost and, as and, messed up as Ike.
1: Right, yeah, he was right. I think he beat her, right? He beat her, didn't
0: he? I don't I'm know. If sure I don't want to say did. that. I'm not sure. Wouldn't but be I, surprised. On the but list, I know. Of things, I know he
1: was very responsible for the drugs in her life. No doubt. Know? And uh, you know, it ruined, it derailed her career completely. Oh, no doubt. I mean, what a powerful voice, and just oh, it's, it's there's and a lot then, of shames in music, dude. Kids always ask you, man, like how come musicians are always dead. Or like. <laughs> Because music's hard, man. Yep. Like touring, and especially back then, man, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even the early 90s. Like touring is is rough, man. It's a rough life. You're on a bus. You're with the same people. You don't see your family. You have, more often than not, people want to fuck you that aren't your partner. You know, there's a lot of pressure. People want to drink with you. People want to smoke weed with you. Some people wanna uh, sh- uh, shoot it's up heroin and do and, and do coke with you. Yep. Dude, I'm in mean, Dallas in one time. I'm gonna. I won't. I will not say who it is out of respect, but it was a. It was a guitarist for a well-known uh, metal band. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we were playing with him in, a, in a, one of his different projects, and th- he just comes in. He forgotten he had the show. Cause he was sitting home just last out of his skull, like playing video games. Right. Then mm-hmm. he shows up and just throws a fucking bag of blow on the table. And is just like, let's go for everybody. I'm just like, not me dude, not my thing, you know? And it's because like, you know, you're always on the run. You can't like root yourself anywhere. Mm-mm. It's really tough. It's hard to measure. It takes a lot of mental discipline to like manage i've been trying to get much better with the mental discipline than i was the first go around i think i'm more mature than i was then <clears throat> more organized and more more driven too. i think getting yeah. into like that real world and not liking it that quote unquote yep. real world that people like to call it and not liking Gives it you a was better like he's like, like i need to get back to what i'm doing so yep. uh but yeah like i tell the kids though like when it comes to drugs and so like whitney like and if you don't have a good support system, you don't talk to people about your struggles, a lot of times they turn to drugs and alcohol or they cheat on their significant others a lot or something like mm-hmm. that. They're turning to sex, you know, and it's but not in a healthy way, you know, and Whitney did that and she didn't have a good support system and eventually it killed her. They found her dead in the bathtub.
0: And then you know? her, her daughter, and their daughter basically went, she, their daughter killed herself too, right? Yeah, I think she. Oh no, she had she, drugs too. She overdosed. She overdosed. She
1: overdosed. She overdosed. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's you know, you that that's that it's like generational trauma. You know that she also like passed to her kid too, and it, it sucks. And yep. hopefully, you know, you know the rest of that family will will be able to grow and have a you know a a better future in terms of people living, you know, and, and yeah. stuff like that. Cause that's the most important thing. I mean, losing a family member has got to be one of the worst things ever. We think of it as we lost a great saint but we didn't lose a mom. We didn't lose a daughter or a sister or a niece or a, anything like our cousin. We just lost someone who sang really fucking good songs, you yeah. know, and it's tough because we don't have that on the road. It gets lonely. You do stupid shit. Some people do stupid shit. You know, I mean mentally yeah. strong, you know, not everybody's mentally strong, but then I'll show them someone like, you know, um, I'll try to give a good example. Someone like Stevie Wonder, you okay. know, Stevie Wonder. Here's a dude who not only was mentally tough enough to not get roped in by that shit. Um, he did it while being blind. He taught himself to play without having to see, you know, like he, 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 had, a, he had to work even harder than everybody else and yes. did not let anything stop him. You know, even a, even a, uh, even a, a disability, I guess we'll call it, you know? So that's, that's a really, so like that stuff just to, you know, to teach too. And Stevie Wonder is very inspiring. Dude. I love Stevie Wonder, dude. Songs in the key of life. Give that to me all day. Intervision, music. talking book, all those albums, man. Like dude, you want to feel some uplifting shit, man. He writes a lot of great uplifting songs, dude. And there's a lot of fun, funky songs too. You can mm-hmm. just get down to Stevie. Sir Duke, I Wish, Superstition. Let's go. All that, and it gets real. Like living in the city, just getting real,
0: you know. Now, Frickin'. what, what don't you like? What is your? Do you have a hated type of music? Hated, type or a, or a of music? I'm not a fan severely of severely disliked. Not a
1: huge like smooth jazz elevator jazz fan. Okay. Um, I, I mean, like cool jazz, KG's? like. But I like, yeah, like Candy G, I'm not into. Respect, but I'm not into. Respect the hustle, just not my thing. Um, but I love like Miles Davis and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I cannot stand modern country pop. Like, and Florida, then so Georgia Line, Luke Combs. Um, um, who's that other freaking dude that always oh, was? Luke Bryan. You know, uh, all those dudes. Yep. Yeah, it's just like, once again, I respect the shit out of the hustle. always like to say somebody there, Luke Bryan can sell out the fucking Lincoln. You can sell out MetLife Stadium, you know? So obviously whatever he's doing, he's connecting with a lot more fucking people than I ever connected with musically. So respect for the game, just not for me. Respect for the hustle, not for me.
0: I got to find you. I just Mm -hmm. scrolling on through Instagram. It was, it was weird. It was, What's that like really heavy seven string type sound? Is it they call it is that metal core? New metal. No, not not new metal from like the early. There's a new, I want to say it's like metal core or something like that.
1: Yeah, Okay, anyway. like that's like super heavy.
0: Yeah, like um um like, data like remember string, yeah. or uh, yeah. So it was like that type of instrumental. With like just chugging riffs, but country vocals, and I j- I just heard it the other day, and I'm like, I should hate this, but I don't I don't hate it. I actually kind of <laughs> like it. It was very weird, <laughs> very weird for me.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not like like dudes like like Brantley Gilbert. I'm not into Brantley Gilbert. Um, I'm not into like the five-finger death punch bands of the world. Uh um, again, respect for the hustle. Sorry.
0: Um, no, that's fine. No, I, I, I happen to see them. They played with breaking Benjamin. I was never like, I never went out of my way to listen to them. Um, and they played with breaking Benjamin at PNC. And it was right after he, he had just the lead singer had just gotten back out on the road with them after recovery. So, he like stopped. Cause I guess apparently their last visit to Jersey, he had like a drunken freak out on stage and just walked off. Oh wow. So like, I knew stopped. he had, I know he had
1: went through some shit saying her in that band.
0: Yeah. 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 So he, he stopped, he like in between songs, he stopped, he apologized to the crowd. He's like, I owe you guys a great fucking show because of what I did. And I was really screwed up for a long time, but I'm sober. I'm I'm healthy. I'm in the best best place I've ever been. We as a band are in the best place we ever. And just like his transparency, I was like, oh. And then I started to hear that they do a lot for veterans, and I'm like, they do.
1: They're they're not bad people. I don't think right. they're terrible people. I think they're good, hardworking, honest American, you know, rock star people. No, this it's just that. That something sonically about that type of hard rock music Mm -hmm. just doesn't hit my soul like, you know, blues rock does or good Americana music or classical music or jazz or or 1990s hip hop. I hate new hip hop.
0: Yes, I'm not a fan.
1: Anybody that has a Lil or a Duh before Mm -hmm. their name, just I can't do it. Once again, respect The Hustle, not my thing. Nope. Now, Eminem. All day. Dr. Dre, Soup Dog, Tupac, Biggie, all the 90s stuff we grew up with, that's some good shit. They were sampling good songs, (laughs) you know, and if they weren't, their beats were were just awesome. They're great, groovy-ass beats,
0: you know. Um, Side tangent, because you said his name. Is he in the top five echelon in all time? Eminem.
1: Oh... He might be the greatest rapper of all time. Like, okay. in terms of like legitimate rapping and flow and like pacing and like, and, and lyrics and, and what, yeah, what he, rhythm, do, I mean, everything. Like, I mean, unique voice. I mean, undoubtedly, he might be the best rapper ever. He might I, be just, the best rapper
0: ever. I, I read something the other day that they are like, I wouldn't even put him in the top seven. And I'm like, oh, that's
1: some horse shit. Who said that? I put, that? It, I put it
0: down and walked away. I'm like, yeah, you're on drugs. that person.
1: That person's obviously a drunk or Bitter. something or doesn't listen to hip hop. I don't know. You know, but, but maybe yeah, Eminem is undoubtedly show. like, you know, one of the all time. I mean, he's like a Beatles Stones Led Zeppelin era icon of that genre.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so yeah, just, you know, him and Dre and Tupac and, and even like you know, you go back to like the early guys, you know,
0: Sugar Hill Gang, Flav Flav yep. and all that. Like, um, they were just. Would that know, genre be the same without those couple of names? And no, not weird. at all.
1: It's just like there'd be no rock and roll without Elvis, yep. You know, or Ike Turner, or or um, or, or or Les Paul, or any of those great artists. Like, there's no rock and roll without. Yep. There was no rock and roll without, without Louis Armstrong and jazz, mm-hmm. you know. And there's no jazz without without gospel music, without African-American gospel music. Like, it all goes back to that, honestly. It goes back to African rhythms that mm-hmm. eventually became samba and Latin music. And African soul comes from the culture. Unfortunately, a lot of it came from slavery and slave songs, unfortunately. And that's where a lot of that gospel is truly rooted in. Yep. But it, they're also, it's kind of, at the very least, Birth to music as we know it, and music's undoubtedly a positive thing. Oh, no um, doubt. You know, so it's definitely like a uh, you, you, you can't trace it back. To, you can't a, anybody listen. I mean, I always get so like great, like one of the things about racism being a musician is just like all these people who think they're racist and they're almost a rock music. I'm like, fuck you, dude. You don't even get it. You don't even fucking yep. get what you're listening to. Like, you don't even fucking know where this came from. Clueless,
0: you dude, fucking clueless. You know. So, all right, I'm going to hit you with the two hardest hardest questions. I saved them for the end. Okay. So, first one, and I it started as one, and now I'm a little generous, and I give three. If money, time, place, all of that was not a factor, top three concerts that you would absolutely want to be present for
1: like that have happened already or that I would like to go to
0: that have happened already. So like things I would have like
1: obviously fucking Woodstock, which one, the original, oh, original. Okay. I have no interest okay. in the other two. I want to be there with fucking the who the band that, you know, so my, my uncle went to Woodstock man and he oh. like explains like Hendrix and Sunrise to me. I'm just like, I hate you so much. Oh. Like him just like waking up in the morning being like, 50 yards some fucking Hendrix just like wow 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 oh wow wow, wow 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 i'm just like oh he say like, just watching there watching the sunrise on some little ass fucking on uh, some stage in the middle of a fucking field mm-hmm. people just have been up all night fucking tripping balls and he said just the scene was unbelievable he said he's just one he, you don't forget something like that
0: What a lot side note did you watch the netflix documentary on woodstock 99
1: not in woodstock 99 yet, but I remember woodstock 99. But a fucking watch dumpster watch, fire, man.
0: Watch, I recorded that, that whole
1: woodstock on K Rock. Oh, like K Rock last broadcast a whole concert, yep. and I recorded it all on cassette tape. I wish I could find them.
0: You gotta go back and go watch the documentary on Netflix, it's wild, wild. Okay, all right. So there's one, so, you got so definitely Woodstock. two more.
1: Two more. I would have liked to have been on the rooftop for the Beatles. Okay. That would have been pretty fucking cool to like watch that fucking moment in person. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be pretty wild. Um, for me, I always wanted to know what it felt like to hear some of these songs, to be the first people to ever hear anything that sounded like this. Yep. Like when you watch like, like Hendrix at Monterey, you see those people's faces. They're just like, what the fuck is going on up there? And he sets the guitar on fire. Yes. You're just like, oh my god! Like, like and everybody just starts cheering, like they loved it because it was such an angsty generation. They were angry. They were so angry at the fucking world. So watching this dude like say, "Hey, I'm gonna be a musician," which you don't like. Uh, I'm gonna break shit, which you don't like. Um, I'm gonna set on fire, which you don't like. Some of you don't like the fact that I'm black. Like he's just doing so much fucking badass fucking like shit up there, you know. And people are just yep. like, wow, no one's ever done this before but I don't know if I would do I'm trying to think if I I feel like I already used my Hendrix card on Woodstock so I don't want to use the Hendrix card again um, what was the second one I said again oh the Beatles rooftop the Beatles rooftop yeah. oh man the third one I'm happy to give me three because it actually makes me think um, the part of me that says like the Stones or Van Halen in their prime to see Eddie fucking rip in his oh, prime that must be pretty fucking awesome I wish like seeing Van Halen in like like 1982 must have been pretty fucking awesome. Um, I don't know. If that's my one doubt. Let me think.
0: I mean, I've just while you're thinking, I've seen I, I think he was doing not a TED talk, but it was basically like a TED talk interview type deal. And he was describing just guitar playing. And he just started ripping into something, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! The guy could just be in mid conversation and just there it was. Like, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, dude, he was insane. How he could walk around and
1: play the instrument. I, I saw Van Halen, so it's hard for me to say. Like, that's another. One. I, I got to see him in 2012, and he was pretty fucking awesome. And I don't think it was much different than what I would have saw in 1982, except you know, David Lee Roth's a little older and. Wolfie had replaced Michael Anthony by that point. I'm going to see Wolfie this summer. I'm going to that show, Wolfie, um, Zach Terra, and and Metallica. Dude, Pantera, I would have liked to see fucking Pantera live. Okay. Like, that would have been pretty. Like, I I, said, that's a band I think about, like, shit, man. Like, Pantera in like 1992 or something, man. Dude. Would have been pretty fucking. At some fucking, like, the Starland Ballroom or something, dude. That'd be pretty
0: fucking. I remember the first time I heard. Oh my god! It, it was uh, five minutes alone.
1: Okay. it's like, song. Whoa, like yeah, it would have fucking. Just, it's like you're getting punched in the face by a guitarist. Yes. Fucking unreal. Yeah.
0: And uh, all their. It was
1: cool about Tanner, All their albums got progressively heavier and angrier. Yeah. <laughs> they really did. From fucking Cowboys from Hell, Vulgar was heavier than Cowboys. Far Beyond was heavier than Vulgar. Trendkill was heavier than fucking Far Beyond, and Reinventing the Steel was heavier than fucking
0: Trendkill. Uh. And I actually loved the one outside the box that I absolutely loved was Cemetery Gates. Such a... You know that song. You don't Great. know you know that song.
1: Great fucking song.
0: Oh, oh, I thought you said you don't know that song.
1: Oh, yeah, of course I know Cemetery oh. Gates. It's one of the first songs oh. I tried to learn on guitar once I started getting into metal. I never mastered that solos. Dime was fucking. He's hard, dude. Those fucking solos are crazy. He's just like Eddie because he just goes back and forth with tapping and so fucking effortlessly. And he's just yeah. a, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's no scene. They just fucking do nothing but play guitar. Like the two of them probably just get up, pick up their fucking guitars, just running fucking scales all night, oh, yeah. getting their fucking chops up. And I'm a bass player by trade, so I don't give myself enough time on guitar to do that either. Um, excuse me. All but right. yeah, those are, um, what Was the original question we write again? Uh, my last concert, the yeah, either that or maybe like Metallica time. when Cliff Burton was still alive. Like in, so like, you know, you watch Behind the Music, and you see them old fucking club shows they did. Mm-hmm. It must have been pretty fucking cool to see Metallica in like 1983 in like a fucking club somewhere. Yeah, like I love still fucking shredding with them.
0: I love when uh, I love when people bring up OG Metallica back in the very very early days because fun factoid. Well, myself. Bones and Johnny G all growing up in Old Bridge. Did you know that Old Bridge was one of their two? Because they're obviously they were from the Bay Area. Yeah, it was like Old their Bridge East Coast home. Was their East Coast home. What were their names? Like,
1: um, what was those people's names that owned the fucking record store?
0: John and Marcia Zazula. From Zazula, Megaforce, yes. John yep. Zazula. Yeah. Megaforce Force Records. Megaforce Force
1: fucking them. records. Yeah. Yeah. Metallica is like that. New Jersey was like their East Coast home, man. Which they sold out of the Route 18
0: flea market. They sold the the albums in the Route 18 flea market. Yeah. So I just always found it cool that they had such a close tie. But yeah, to see them play in like a little club show. And and like you said, to see that people like, what the fuck is this?
1: Yeah. And then they probably come crash to your house afterwards.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Here we go. Here's the fun one. Here is the premise of the whole thing. How has, and this you could interpret however you'd like, how has music saved you? Giving me a career. (laughs) Food on the table. (laughs) Okay.
1: No, it's giving me a passion. It's like, it's the one fucking thing in this world I am exceptionally good at is playing music. Like is the only playing bass is the one thing in this world that I can do exceptionally better than all most of the population of this country, you know, like without a doubt. Okay. So like that's like and, and you know and then just all the music I've got to discover all of it is connecting me with other bands around the world, other cultures around the world. Um, it's opened my brain and made me a better person. Um it's made me a more a more a more a uh a more loving person. Okay. I'm at my most loving when I'm my most musical. I really am. When I don't okay. have music a good part of my life, I'm a greater person. I could you understand know? that. I really am. And uh like even like knowing that I'm not going back to full-time teaching, I can feel just the Intervive vibe of me go down um they gave me something to work towards when I was a kid it gave me something to work hard at to teach me about hard work music mm-hmm. um it's gave me something to connect with my parents with growing up it gave me something to connect to my friends with growing up um it's been my biggest social advantage in my life it's okay. made me weird and made me not weird at the same time
0: there's nothing wrong with weird by the way yep
1: like it's it's maybe it's maybe weird and cool and sometimes at the same time you're weird and cool. Like what else in the fucking world can you be weird and cool outside of art?
0: Yeah, that that was gonna be my so yeah. Like create
1: Being creative has helped me appreciate art more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, uh, it's definitely I, I I do love how much music has helped me learn about other culture, especially like I said, working in the school in the past with all the Latin kids. Like I've learned a lot about like what music means to them too you know like, you know, like that's critical for the, a lot of them yeah and I mean some of them have been listening have been going to see their parents play music their whole life whether it's mariachi or even in like um like a Tejano or like a Latin I don't know if it's Latin pop but like <laughs> you know like like Mexican tinged Latin music can you, can you can you hear that in your head it's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like the country music of Latin music yeah, it it kind of yeah. That's the best way to describe. It. I think that's probably why I like it so much because I like country music, like real country music, so much. You know, like Tejano music is a, a mixture of Mex- of Mexican and German culture. Do you know that? I absolutely did not know that. That's what an accordion. The accordion comes from German and Middle Europe, German and Polish culture, and a lot of Germans moved to Texas right. when Texas huh. was first inhabited by Europeans, and those Texans commingled with Mexicans or and natives and obviously everybody kind of commingled each other and that's each other's music traditions to each other. And that's what you say, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking cool shit. Right. So people don't fucking know how much our cultures really do fucking cross, man. Oh, we ain't, no we ain't fucking yeah. much different from each other. And I, that's, uh, and I don't ever freaking everybody should be treated the same man. And music crews that. And I mean that this clean, fair slate, the same music crews that when you can do that, you can, you can be on the same page from the beginning, a clean, safe beginning. You can find a lot of things you really freaking have in common with each other. Music's fucking yeah. perfect. It's the only place in the country, it's the only place in the world where like, I feel like you can get a big conglomeration of different races, religions, uh, creeds, um, 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 skin colors. I'm thinking of the wrong. I can't think of the right term right now i apologize um, but everybody gets race, into one
0: religion sexuality this, all sexuality those, i knew i was forgetting one of the big ones the everybody factors. goes
1: to one place to see music and knows the fuck what anybody thinks why like, can't we do that all the fucking time Like, can't we just live harmonious with each other all the fucking time it's not that fucking asking too much i know you really yeah. are asking it's like you leave there and all of a sudden you realize that a politician or a news network told you to fucking hate somebody again or a fucking blog yeah. or the internet it's like you don't look at your phone like that for three hours. You come out and you go right back to it. Can't you just feel? Like when I go to, I go to a concert, I don't want to look at my phone for a couple hours. i look at my phone. I'm like, I'm going right back to the shit again. Like I want yeah. to keep my
0: fucking high, man. This is awesome. I want this all the time. And It's, really and it's easy, to, it's always easy to do. Click the music on. That's my that's my escape. That's yeah. my like everything else, work, life, whatever is just yeah. gone for a little bit. Yeah. Well. You, man. I, uh, I want to first thank you for joining. Um, tell us the shameless or selfless plug here. So uh, ho- anything you want to throw out there?
1: Hop on my Instagram at DR Haas. Um, come see me play some shows. Uh, i playing with Rachel and Dobkin all summer um, up in all around the Northeast. I'll be playing with Will Be Fine all around Ocean, Monmouth, and Middlesex County throughout the summer and fall. Um, for your for your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, pop rock and r needs. Yes. <laughs> and um, let's see, I'm at Instagram at D-R-H-A-A-S-E. Don't even bother trying to find me on Twitter. Hmm. Um, don't even bother trying to interact with me on Facebook. I will interact with you on Instagram. That's my, that's my mm-hmm. where I like to, I'm very, I'm very like, responsible my social media now i'm sure. trying to like instead of just going like not doing it all I'm was like people want to talk i want to pick one site where i'll interact with like people that aren't my family or direct friends you know i think that's important to have that
0: and one site for really stupid memes and that's instagram Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the instagram is good for that but yeah i digress well
1: so yeah you can find me on the on the gram um, you go always catch me up there. I'm posting stuff about shows whether it's with Rachel or we'll be fine or hiking or playing golf or you'll see, I'm going to start. i am actually planning on starting to make some more social media content for myself. Just playing bass, doing lines. I'm trying to watch like what, like my teenage students are doing to get like all these followers. Um, I'm not, I'm not young like them. So I have that going against me, but I can play bass. <laughs> I was going to say, you
0: have to, you have to walk around with no clothes on whatsoever.
1: I wonder if I could be like The musician on Instagram Who doesn't do something stupid Maybe that's a niche now Because everybody does something ridiculous on it You you have
0: to stand out
1: A beer stands out dude Well wear a different t-shirt every day And play a song by that band I don't know
0: There you go You have to figure out a way If you're wearing the Def Leppard shirt again You have to figure out a way to play bass with one arm I understand the drummer is the one arm guy, but still. It would be impressive.
1: You just want to get a deaf Leppard one arm drummer joke in there. I, I know did. You. I a hundred percent. Can't do the dad joke. Absolutely. Come on. No no dad joke master can resist a deaf Leppard um what has nine arms and sucks joke. <laughs> Even if Def Leppard does not suck, they are the best 80s metal band ever, period. No questions asked. I Fucking saw them Hysteria. live. Hysteria was a van. Was a stolen Roads in the band classic. We always blast Hysteria. Fucking great album. And Pyromania, yeah.
0: let's go. Fool and love that song. Great music. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Um, please go check out those social media handles. Check out We'll Be Fine. Check out all of it just go see all of it. Don't ask any questions, do it because you were told to do it, go do it. This has been the music that saved me and we will catch you again in two weeks.